0: Previously on the Simply Human podcast, no.
1: I made a joke like that on Jason's podcast, and he was just like, "Dude, uh, send, <laughs> send all your hate mail to, Mark yeah, I love women." Mark that. Mark that. I was just about to say that. It's episode 111 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Elizabeth Benton of Primal Potential. We have not interviewed her yet, but I'm sure it will be great. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Grace and the robot attack. And we'll wrap up with our simple human did it. how are you? Why
2: would you say it like that? You said "robot attack," like you're a robot.
1: Robot attack is that not?
2: I think I mean... that's a little bit more roboty. I think I've been watching Star Wars all morning.
1: Yeah, I know, nerd.
2: Yeah, I'm a real big nerd. I watched uh, some of the some movies from the uh, most successful movie franchise in the history of the medium. Hey, I'm a huge nerd. How did give me my pocket protector and my uh, and my T-square? How did Disney... and my abacus? Some other things that nerds use.
1: <laughs> Whatever, nerd. Um, when did Disney get the rights to Star Wars? Has that been a while, or did that just
2: happen? Uh it was like maybe. Oh, man, time gets so compressed when you start getting older. I want to say maybe it was like three years ago. Okay. Three or four, it's been within the last five years for sure. Speaking because of, I remember a lot of like the super hardcore Star Wars people were like, oh, yeah, they're going to ruin it. They're going to try to make so much money. Yeah, they're going to make a lot of money off of it, idiots, but yeah. they're also going to make a ton of movies, so um, enjoy it.
1: Speaking of critically acclaimed award winning things,
2: uh, a critically award winning you crapping in your pants at The Revenant, is that what we're going to talk about again?
1: I did not do that. I did not do <laughs> That's that what at you all. reserve
2: for happy moments, not scared moments. <laughs>
1: yes, we the Paleo, the Paleo, the Paleo magazine. I guess is what I was gonna say. The Paleo magazine. Paleo magazine has nominated. <laughs> you can look us. at it on the
2: Facebook. We
1: the internet. The internet. That that makes sense. Never mind. Um, we've been nominated for best blog and best podcast.
2: I have zero idea how this happened because I've seen some of the names, and we were They're up against. Yeah, like we were the first one. I, I don't one know how listed. that happens. I don't know. You know. If 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 one of you is listening right now and you had something to do with that, you because I'm not gonna lie here. I don't read Paleo Magazine. I, I, don't, even, <laughs> I don't read at all. Get yeah. out of here. I read closed captioning on the television. And that's it. <laughs> uh, so you know I don't particularly partake in that particular magazine particularly. So Definitely. I don't know. But if one of you guys had something to do with this, uh, thank you for I guess nominating us or something. I don't know. Thank you very much. It's it's really. Yeah, and, I, I, and, I think a lot of times people don't mean it when they say this, but I'm dead serious. It really just is an honor to be nominated. We yeah. have zero shot at winning, but it's right. really, really, really cool to be nominated.
1: I'm trying to think who who we are next to like Leonardo DiCaprio in the Best Actor. We're like I get to uh, be
2: Kurt Cameron. He was used to be pretty big actor back in the yeah. We're the 80s. Kirk, we
1: are the Kurt Cameron. uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> I thought we went
2: crazy and went off the deep end.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he, he might have didn't he? Well, on this first show. Being a and how do we say that? We are a you know I have to say he's a he's an Oscar nominated even if they didn't win, they can still say they were
2: nominated. I so I don't think we can say anything. Yeah, I think we
1: can. I think that's the rules. Oh. We can <laughs> say we are an award
2: nominated podcast. Yeah. That's- Someone nominated us for an <laughs> award, we didn't win. Well, you know what? We appreciate it if you the listener had anything to do with this. Yep. Uh the voting ends and I know a lot of people don't listen to these shows when does it immediately end? as they come out. So it ends uh january 31st. Okay. So if you're listening to this before january 31st, if you are so inclined, we're not uh, pulling, you know, twisting your arm. I don't really care because we're probably not going to win anyway, but if you'd like to vote for yes. the Simply Human podcast and for best uh blo- best podcast and then Simply Human lifestyle for best blog, uh you can find the link on our show notes online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On our, by the way, remind me to tell you what Colt just texted me. It's really, really funny. Okay. Uh, or you can find the uh, link on our Facebook. I'm sure you've tweeted it out and all that stuff. Yes. You can also find it in the show notes for this. Instagram. You can vote for once for every single email that you have. Yes. I have four emails, I have so like I voted eight. four times because I'm vain that way. But yes. – uh, it, t- it just takes a minute, and you don't even have to. Because a lot of those categories, I have no opinion on. Yeah. You don't have to fill any of them. You, you only. You don't have to fill something out for every single category. Uh, Jason Saib is also up for several, and Alt Shift is up for several of these, and uh, Sarah Fergoso uh, is up for for yeah. I think one of these. I thought
1: Vote
2: so Those are people that we're cool with. So you know, consider casting some votes here and there. There, be aware there are two pages because uh, one of our listeners uh, texted or emailed me to Mark and Mark was like, "Hey, congratulations." Well, I look at the first page and I see none of it, and I was like, ah, "I think this one." I think she went off the deep end over here. Well, no, oh. I just didn't hit page to two. To submit, so we're on. You can't, you yeah. can't
1: submit unless you go through both pages. So,
2: right. Um, so yeah. we're on the podcast is on page two. I think the blog is on, one is on page, page one, but whatever. Yeah. If, you know, you don't even have to do it if you if you want to. That's that's really cool. The awards are given out at Paleo FX. Mark will already be there. I will not, but like uh so Mark can be there. And uh, you know what? How about I make this promise, Mark? Can I do this yeah. for you? I don't know. If we win and Mark gets to accept the award, uh, he's gonna do it in just his underwear. A speedo. Can you do it just in a speedo? Can you yes. do that? Yes. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Done. There's
2: some incentive for all of you to vote for. Yeah. We'll easy. have Kate. Kate is gonna be there. We'll make sure she yeah. <laughs> freaking tapes it on her phone. Well speaking. If Mark wins, he is going to Okay, no, no, let me sweeten the pot oh, just geez. slightly. He's gonna wear like the tearaway pants that, like basketball <laughs> players wear in warm-ups. And if they win Mark is going to rip those off and reveal like a Speedo underneath, and then he's going to go accept the award in just a Speedo. So I feel like that might spur some people on to go vote that weren't already going to do it.
1: Thank you for doing that. And
2: speaking of... (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm playing with house money over here. Yeah, thanks.
1: Speaking of ending January 31st, the $25 30-minute consult. It's a 50% discount. If you're interested in that, email me, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. And on our first show... That we are an award-nominated show, I think I want to do loofah talk.
2: Okay, you know, what I, I, you, know very, what, you said this a couple weeks ago, and I was very intrigued. Do you know what loofahs are? Uh, it's like what like women use in the shower to scrub like dead skin away. Oh, from hold on. So
1: stuff, they're right? they're gender-specific now. They're only women can use them.
2: Well, I mean, I guess anyone can use them. That's a very valid point, Mark. Thank you.
1: So, do you and use generally? A it's,
2: no, I've, I've never even.
1: No. See, I, I, for a long time, I couldn't remember. Is the f- fula loo, life? Who, what is it? A fufa, hufa? What? I could never remember what it was called. Loofa. I have used a loofa for probably I don't know a couple of years now. They're very cheap. They're very sudsy. And this is this is not so much Lufa Talk. As is this like
2: the look, the puffy sponge-looking thing yes. in, there, in there? Or is this like the – looks like a piece of coral?
1: No, no, no. It's the puffy sponge-looking thing. Oh, I've,
2: okay. I've used one of those before. Okay. You squirt like, like body soap, yes. like the liquid body soap right. in there. Okay, yeah, I've used one of those before. And I guess this in a is, pinch. So
1: this is half Lufa Talk, half just sort of shower etiquette.
2: Mm. What is the well? Order? You're a bark up the wrong tree. I literally have pissed in the shower oh. every single shower I've taken for the last 25 years.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I thought that was standard procedure. Is that is that weird?
2: I feel like it should be. Yeah, we should all understand it's this. But, it's all yeah. As
1: George said, it's all it all as it goes to the same drain, right? It's all the same when he pees. That's very shower. true. Yeah. What is the order that you wash? If you're using a wash rag very or a loofah or something like, what is the body part order? Of, of
2: washing i've done a lot of actually legitimate thinking about this this sounds like you're setting me up but i had no idea we were gonna <laughs> talk about this uh so <clears throat> typically i use uh i don't use a loofah but like i've been using a washcloth lately because i don't want the bar of soap in my shower because it creates a lot of soap scum we're still trying to keep it clean for the stupid putting on the house in the market all that garbage so um I've been using like uh, the combination shampoo slash body wash, like yes. all that comes in one thing. So I have to—I put shampoo in my hair, and then I put a couple of squirts of this stuff on uh, the washcloth. Do
1: you still uh, use Pert
2: said. Plus? Pert <laughs> Plus is that <laughs> inside joke that no one will understand except for I think one person that <laughs> listens to this. So that was for you, Nate. Pert Plus joke, Honduras. So <laughs> I uh, well first like I'm doing the. Uh, Like my arms and uh, stomach, chest area, and I go in order of perceived filthiness, okay? Because I don't want to like wash my nards first and get like my nard germs all over like my chest and stuff. But does it matter? Because it's so. Well, that's uh, see. That's also what I've thought about. If it's soap and makes it clean by virtue of it, it being soap, should it matter that I'm not washing my balls before I'm washing my chest? <laughs> and I don't know. The answer is I don't. Know, it's a. I feel like we need to get a scientist on no, the I, show I, to I, answer this question. You know for
1: what? Me. I, here's an idea. Call us at 42 human <laughs> and and tell us if if what you do because and, and, and then we'll and then we'll we'll play the recordings. You know because I a lot of times before without even thinking about it, I will w- wash my middle section kind of the section that's in the middle like stomach of, of my body no even balls. more or even more middle the front and the back of my middle area and mm-hmm. then I'll get that loofah and I'll just it all over my face
2: and oh yeah I, dude I, I don't think you can do that see I don't hey but let me ask you this do you have a drying strategy oh Mark. oh I, I always take it by your silence you don't
1: I always go hair first left arm Right. Oh, no, no, no. That's
2: not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual geographic location on your towel. Like, oh. are you, you – oh, my God. No, you I don't just, do this. I just grabbed this. towel. Okay, this, like, struck me in, like, about 15 years ago that, oh, my God, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. And so my drying strategy is the part of the towel, uh, let's call it maybe about five inches by five inches square, that's right in the corner where the tag is. Okay. That's what I use to dry my nards with.
1: And then you okay, do, and that, and
2: then because you're use I, so I make real good, real sure that that part is not going to be touching my face and wiping my face off or anything like that. I, I also use that part to like dry the tops of my feet if I need that done. But like uh, usually I can just go without that. Yeah. But uh, I'm very very careful not to inter- intermingle. And I also went as far as to think about, hey, maybe I should have two separate towels, like a hand towel. For drying off my nuts, and then like the regular towel we, for everything can else. Can we say but instead of saying I think nards, I can keep it compartmentalized appropriately, doing it like just the corner of the towel.
1: I feel like that's you're being a little gross. I want can we can we start saying the
2: the uh,
1: intersectory areas of our bodies? I feel like no one knows what
2: you're talking about <laughs> when you say that, that is. The, and any chance that I can get to say nards yeah. because uh, I'm trying to bring that back, where that word back from like 1990. But
1: if, but if you'll notice, the places that stink the most are the are the places that intersect. Right, it's the places where two body parts meet.
2: Those are the nastiest parts. Yeah, like your 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 neck and your shoulder.
1: No, they don't. They don't like. Yeah. they're not like touching each other. They are separated. I'm talking about when when two when skin is touching because of uh, intersectoriness.
2: It's not a word. Oh,
1: anyway. All right. We'll call us five three zero forty two human. And we there's no we didn't talk about this by the way. Well, the, it's
2: oh, like what? a little kind of. It's I guess it's a, a can. Thank you real well for the idea, but. Uh, he's the one who originally told me about this, and I told you. It's basically like, look at it as like a voicemail hotline. Yeah, we can't. But like, I'll, I'll, I'll no one never picks picks answer it. Up. It, it yeah. just leaves voicemails. Yeah, I'll and Monty Beacham has been like blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> he texted me the other day. It's like, hey, you gotta lose some of these, so I gotta get some of those from you. But uh, you can just call and leave like a short voicemail. Three minutes. Uh, up to three minutes. Three minutes. Uh, up to three minutes long. And uh, man, I tell you, I, I feel like the, the sky's the limit with the creative potential on this. Yeah. So. Leave us some funny voicemails. Well, it can be right. a super short, well, like funny story or something. What or, we want you to do you know, with if it If someone now, can call and just make a bunch of fart noises, like do that. We'll figure out a way. We'll right? figure out how to
1: use it. But for now, if you want a specific reason to call, tell us what your bathing, your soaping strategy is, and maybe we'll use that in crosstalk like next week or something.
2: Five three oh Forty-two human. human. It was the only you try number. To, uh, please tell human. me you tried to get sixty-nine. Human, I tried right? to
1: get fifty-two and sixty-nine, and forty-two is the closest I could get.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I went through all the numbers in the whole. try you know, to get a sixty-nine. Huh, United, and all you get
2: was an eleven. United States Just laying there perfectly still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, let's get to our interview with Elizabeth. <laughs> Go to the website, simplehumanlifestyle.com. Go to the store page. There is a donate button and then a, a list of all the things. That oh my god,
2: love. pause very quickly. Real quickly. So I'm on my work computer in my car the other night, messing around with something, and I'm like, oh, I need to look and see on the website something specific. And apparently, somehow, my work computer recognizes. Simplyhumanlifestyle.com/whatever. Yeah, is that pornography. Yeah, why? Like it blocked me, and I was like, "Why is it blocking me?" Okay, maybe he doesn't want me buying stuff online, spending you know work time buying stuff online, or maybe he doesn't want me looking at blogs. And then I looked at the reason. It's like blocked because of pornography, and yeah. I was like. So like, uh, there's some IT log somewhere in the city that has me trying to like look at porn at two o'clock in the morning from my car, like twenty times in a five minute time span. So. Uh, yeah, that, I don't that know. perplexed
1: me. I don't I have no idea. We're, we're very family friendly on the blog. And there's I just,
2: just only one picture of Mark Strangus on there.
1: Right, it's just one. I don't understand. He's squatting.
2: That's not porn. It's that's me it's it's showing art. you how I. It's It's art, if yeah. you will. <laughs>
1: All right, well, go to the website, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. I'm doing terrible on Periscope. I just got it fixed. Oh, I dropped a shotgun on my phone and sh- obliterated it and had to go s- spend a ton of money on getting a new phone. is a whole long story, but I got my phone back up and working again. Um, so don't, don't drop a shotgun on your phone. Uh, it will break. It's the tip um, of the week. Yeah. And so let's get to our interview with Elizabeth. Um, I have not actually, a listener emailed me and said, Hey, you need to check this girl out. She's doing great stuff. I checked it out and I was like, Yes, definitely. She is right in line with us. Uh, And so here is Elizabeth, where we talk, just like when we talked about with Jim Laird, just some stuff. I don't know. It's going to be just a bunch of crazy stuff. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, we are pleased to welcome Elizabeth Benton to the show. She is the user, the owner and author of PrimalPotential.com. And I like, uh, under my story on the website, it says, Hey, I'm Elizabeth. I'm so happy that you're here uh, so you can get to know me and I can learn how I can best help you. And then it says, uh, I help people who are tired of dieting, tired of not getting results, tired of not being consistent, and tired of the same old same old, and it's very like short. It's a stink. You don't list off a whole big long line of letters and stuff. It's just like this is the deal. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. How are you guys?
1: Very
2: very good. I'm very pleased to have you join us today.
1: And I will I will say um, after you know researching your uh, website and your Facebook page, and we'll have all links to all this stuff. primalpotential.com and the Facebook link and all that. Uh, very impressed with all this stuff. And I- I'm actually. Quite honestly I'm surprised that I have not run across your website before because it is so in line uh, with with the Simply Human podcast. So I'm glad that our paths have finally uh, crossed.
0: Absolutely. We got to we got to band together to <laughs> bust all these myths out there yes. that are frustrating the heck out of everybody.
2: Yes. Yes. And let's I think that's the biggest word in like honestly like in the whole whatever you want to call it the paleo primal whatever movement is frustration. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. If you follow what uh, you know—the Ansel Keys conventional wisdom, low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet—you will never. You you might see results if you cut your calories down to something crazy like eleven hundred or twelve hundred, but eventually you're going to eat again, and then you're going to expand, and you're frustrated. You're left frustrated. So I think that's the biggest. Yeah keyword, I think, in what we're trying to get out there. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and we're going to get onto all this and I I'm writing down myths and results, but before we do all that, Elizabeth, I want you to tell your story because it is a fascinating story and it is one that I think will inspire our listeners. So tell us about yourself.
0: Sure. So I am a bit of an anomaly in this space of fat loss and health and primal paleo, whatever. Um, You know, I'm not one of those women that shows my before picture and it was like putting on my freshman 10. No, I spent most of my life obese, like seriously obese, creeping up on 350 pounds. But the interesting thing about that is while I was putting on weight while i was at my heaviest not only was i always on a diet i wasn't just some like lump on a log sitting on the couch overeating granted i was overeating i'm not gonna lie about that but i was obsessed with weight loss during the climb from age 5 or 6 at my first diet i was always oh, obsessed oh, with weight that loss makes, that so much my heart, so I walked away from my full scholarship in, I had a scholarship in Latin and Greek of all things in wow. college to study nutrition because I was like, I need answers. I need to understand why the more I diet, the more hungry I am. The more I diet, the more weight I put on, the more I diet, the more my hormones get out of whack and the more my metabolism slows down, like what in the world is going on? And I didn't find answers. <laughs> you know, I got the degrees to prove it. And then I worked in the health industry. I worked in the dietary supplement industry and I was at my heaviest. And it wasn't until I unlearned everything that my conventional education and my mainstream kind of work experience taught me about nutrition and fat loss. It wasn't until I unlearned all of that that I lost almost 150 pounds. And what's crazy to me, and if somebody had said this to me a few years ago I probably would have kicked him in the face, was that (laughs) It it was easier than I ever thought that it had to be. It was always such a fight for me to lose five pounds, and I was miserable, and I was obsessed, and it was such hard work. But once I, like, dropped all of the mainstream garbage that was just really messing up my metabolism, it actually, for the first time ever, felt almost effortless. And that's what I work with my clients on now to get them to the same place where it's not such a battle all the time.
1: Well, so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. What were some of those things like, what was like the first aha moment you had where you were like, wait a second, I, I've, I've heard this, I read this somewhere, I didn't believe it, I'm going to try it, and this is against everything that I know, but I'm going to do this. Like, what, was, what were some of the things that, that, you, know, that you encountered like that?
0: Sure. Well, you know, obviously being in di- on diets from a very, very young age and studying nutrition and teaching nutrition even, it was always about like calories in, calories out, right? right? And that seemed to make a lot of sense to me. Eat less, move more, lose weight. Okay, got it. But then I was like, wait a second. I'm a very linear, logical human. And I was like, who's to say Obviously, if you eat less than what your body needs, your body has to make up the difference. But fat loss isn't the only option. And we act like it is. But your body could burn muscle. Your body could go into what I call metabolic neutral and just downshift everything, including your metabolism. So you're burning muscle and you're slowing your metabolic rate. And you're seeing the numbers go down on the scale. But you are hungry all the time. You're experiencing cravings all the time. You're having hormonal chaos in your body. And then the weight comes on like bananas right and so I was like fat loss doesn't come from calories in calories out it's more than that and so when I realized okay I have to figure out what the more than that part is everything shifted
1: yeah cool so like do you, what, what were the like the, the who, who influenced you what were the books you read the articles maybe uh
2: the podcasts you listened to yeah because that's what I'm interested in you said you had to unlearn all the stuff that you did yeah. learn so where did you right. learn the new stuff that you replaced from the old stuff yeah
0: so I realize like I am a podcaster, right? I am a coach. I going You guys are podcasters too. So this is totally like not in the in the podcast speak playbook at all. Uh-oh. But I'll tell you what. I had to realize that over information and looking outside of myself for answers about my body was a real problem because I think that one of my biggest issues was I wasn't paying attention to me I was paying attention to what everybody else said and I was concerned about well this says low fat and this says high fat and this says meat is good and this says meat is bad my body is gonna give me all of the answers and so I really this was you know a few years I didn't know what podcasts were I know they existed but I didn't know what podcasts were and I had read All the books I could get my hands on. That was creating more confusion. So I actually was like, I don't need to know more. I need to do more and I need to pay more attention. So my big thing was my body is going to give me all the feedback I could possibly ever desire. I just need to start paying attention to that and not everybody else and all the noise. How
1: much better is... What your body, how your body responds to something rather than some mouse oh my gosh. in a research study done in, you know, England or something like.
0: Or my personal trainer who has 15% body fat yeah. and isn't looking like what, what my body needed for the hormonal conditions for fat loss is very, very different from how somebody else maintains their lean physique. I was insulin resistant. I was carb sensitive. So for me, looking for answers from other people or saying, oh, she looks like I want to look. I'm going to eat what she eats. Dude, that was just not it for me.
1: Yeah, that, that, all that is just like is so good. But hey, let's go back to – you You mentioned something uh, a second ago. You said when you were five or six and started your first diet. Talk oh, about, yeah. Talk about that. How did that
0: so, happen? It's funny. I was I have, like the token five, fat kid. Yeah, and I in have five and six-year-old
1: I have five and six-year-old daughters is why I ask. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm yeah. I hear that and I'm thinking like my my stomach I kind of hurt in my stomach uh. when you say that, you know? So sorry, I interrupted you.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's fine. This has been a, a literally a lifelong battle for me. So I come from a very lean, tall family and I'm like maybe 5'5 five, five and most of my life was obese. Um and so there was a lot of pressure. In my family, and the thing is, so just long story short, my mom was very ill when she was pregnant with me, and it makes sense now, though we didn't know this then. In utero, my metabolism slowed to a crawl so that I would survive, right? Right. So they thought that I would be this scrawny, sickly baby. I was a heifer, like I was (laughs) a like roly poly thing, right? And so there was a lot of pressure. And in hindsight, my mom will say. She felt like my weight was a reflection on her abilities as a parent. And so there was a lot of really negative, unhealthy pressure for me to lose weight from honestly, probably age like three or four. Ugh. And I very clearly remember being on a diet as as a five-year-old. I remember going to Weight Watchers meetings as oh, a seven-year-old or God. eight-year-old and oh, being gosh. with all these middle-aged women talking about, you know, eating microwave popcorn and sugar-free jello. And I'm like eight years old.
1: Oh man. That there's just, uh, like, there's, it makes, like,
0: like,
2: it'll jack you up. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, that, they're, that, they're... That, that, like Mark said, like that, that just makes me uncomfortable. Like I, and, <laughs> and I, I'm not like, judging your experience or anything like that. But, like that cool. the fact that like in, this world that we live in now we're sending a child that young and, I, and I'm not judging your mom. That's not like, well, that's what she, she's, she's <laughs> I, trying to, you know, she's, she, she's trying to look out for you in the, the way that she knows
0: how, which right. may not
2: be, which may be a bit misguided, but the fact that that's even happening makes me want to
0: like just crawl into a hole and cry. Yeah. Well, and very few people are, ta- are talking about how to work with kids because you do want them to be healthy my mom's intentions right. were wonderful yes her methods were atrocious
1: right, well, that's right. Same- and that's
0: like i was kind of chubby as a
2: kid and my parents looking back they kind of didn't really know what to do about some of that and i could look back at some of the conversations we had that like oh that's what they were trying to get across i didn't you know they were being far too subtle about it but like yeah that's the thing like no one is discussing like what do you do yeah. when you have a child that's you know, right. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and is you know kind of uh, kind of right. leading towards an unhealthy kind of body type, right? I guess.
1: Well, and and like with my mom, I know, and, and if she's listening, I don't, you know, I don't think, I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't want her to hear right now, but like she struggled with her her health for a long time, a, the large majority of my life, doing the things it's like you said like you were always dieting you were always she was always on like Shasta or what was that like the
2: <laughs> Shasta it was some weird it was the, like
1: d- the soda there was well there, hold on, there was some like Baylor fast there was like all this weird stuff that she was always trying and she was doing everything that mm-hmm. she was
0: being told to do and her health has not improved at all and and once and we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again we change it just enough to think it's different but it's the same stupid strategy disguised but we're sold it by somebody who's trying to make money.
1: Right. And then and then when you start trying to tell people like I'm working with some family members right now and I'm trying to say no no no, don't, you know, you, you want to go on a kickstart and you just said I'm going to I'm going to go on like a 5-day juice fast to kickstart my my weight loss. I was <laughs> I'm like going, "Oh man, no 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 no. That's like the worst thing you can do." But then people are like, "No, you're you're a conspiracy theorist if you think that you know." I know for I know, and I got overhearing guys talk in the locker room, like some of these older guys up uh, at the gym that I work out. You know, they're like, uh, uh, "Yeah, you know, I uh, I fast like two days a week," which that can be good in some in some context, but if their only purpose and their only goal in that is to lose weight, and that's yeah. Kind of what I wanted to get back to what we talked about earlier is I wrote down, uh, you know, myths and results. Like you, yeah, you, like mm-hmm. Rick, you said you can get results by going on a, a yeah. diet or something. Yeah, well, what you got to define what results are.
0: Is your results make right? Short term strategies deliver short term results. Yeah, and
1: so so just having a, a weight loss goal to me is not the answer. No. It has to be an overall health goal. And if you are if your body is as healthy as it can possibly be it will mm-hmm. not store unneeded unnecessary body fat. Period. And there's mm-hmm. and that, that's just one of a myriad of things that it won't do that mm-hmm. that it's it's doing, you know, when you're doing all these things that that, you know, aren't quote-unquote human. So, yeah. Anyway, Rick, I, I do Elizabeth, feel like
2: you, Elizabeth, you and I are kindred spirits because uh, I i don't mark mark and i have known each other forever mark would you ever say that it's like i was obese like i'm probably right on that line for several Uh, several years yeah but uh mark was a chubby kid for like a year and then managed started playing football and then wasn't chubby anymore but like Mm. you and i know kind of the struggle it seems like of like lifetime lifelong like trying to do this doesn't work trying to do that doesn't work trying to do this trying one of everything like and it defines you Yes. Like I feel like we're kind of speaking the same language here because for so many years, like I would just try one of everything and none none of it was working. And this is a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine the other day, and I'm going to ask you this question. His (laughs) wife, uh, she recently had a baby, and uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, but she does some work on the side, but she stays home with the kids and uh, and is stressed out from all that. But she uh, told him that she wanted to lose – 35 pounds in three months, which I'm not sure we had a lot of things going on there, but like, uh, she doesn't, I don't think she has 35 pounds to lose. Uh, she's not like a particularly super heavy person. Uh, she may be, you know, she might be fighting some of the baby weight. I'm not sure, but uh, her idea was to get, and she said, I hate running, but I'm going to get up every day and run. Yeah. Like, what do you tell someone that is so entrenched in, like, hey, this is not the right way to do it and you might, you don't need to like break yourself backwards trying to do this. There's a much easier and a much healthier way to do it, a much longer term. What do you tell someone like that who
0: is kind of stuck in those ways? Absolutely. So many people are. And to me, it's like I don't think people are intrigued always by the notion of what's easy or what's healthy, but what people do want to do is something that they enjoy. Like we get in trouble because we want to eat foods we love. Right. Mm -hmm. And we want to really indulge in food and we don't exercise because we're doing something we don't love. And so as it relates to wanting to run every morning to take the weight off, First of all, I call exercise, when it comes to fat loss, a small rock. It's healthy, it's wonderful, it's great, but it's not the primary driver of fat loss. If you, We all have a finite amount of energy and attention and focus. And the first thing that I encourage my clients to work on is food, because that is the primary driver of fat loss, number one. But number two is, so I only have a couple of food rules. The first of which is, I eat foods I love that love me back, because... Yeah we throw ourselves off when we're like "Oh, chicken breast and broccoli here I come and yeah. then the thing is even if we are physically satisfied with the food that we've eaten, like hunger curbed. Okay, great. If we didn't feel psychologically satisfied, like, ooh, that was good, then that's when we go opening up the fridge an hour after dinner, Looking like, for ice hmm, cream.
1: Yeah. what's in here? Yeah. So
0: <laughs> for me, it's eating foods I love that love me back. Eating foods I love is like, I look forward to this. This is going to be tasty. It's so good I want to tell somebody about it. But yeah. foods that love me back are foods that I feel good about after I've eaten it.
3: Yeah. Physically
0: and mentally, right? Because, like, I love ice cream. Ice cream doesn't love me back. Emotionally, afterwards, I'm like, why'd I do that? And then <laughs> physically, <laughs> physically, after that, I'm kind of like, bleh. You know, yeah. so it's about finding foods you really, really love and enjoy that love you back. And if you're going to and you're ready to add on the fitness component, if you don't love it, you're not going to ever maintain anything you don't love unless there are serious repercussions like losing your job, losing your paycheck, whatever.
3: Right. Um,
0: and typically that's why people aren't consistent with exercise because they're they hate it they dread it yeah they're gonna find a million reasons not to yeah
1: what i just was about to say like thinking it's like it's the same thing with exercise like my heart breaks in january every january when i'm driving through the neighborhoods or whatever and i see not i'm not just driving through random neighborhoods like looking <laughs> for, like, <Stoppers>. look, yeah. <laughs> looking for the elementary Slope schools behind the yeah, dockers yeah. <laughs> and driving with in my windowless van through neighborhoods <laughs> peeking in the windows, hannah montana
2: concert
1: <laughs> shuttle <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway when i'm driving through neighborhoods that i'm driving through anyway and I see people out that that you know obviously are are like okay it's the new year I need I have some weight to lose I'm gonna get I'm gonna jog and they just look like they're just miserable and, I, and my and my heart breaks because I'm thinking that's not something that they're gonna sustain that's only gonna lower their metabolism make them sicker and more inflamed which is gonna just exacerbate the problem the same thing happens with food it's like you said it's like ugh I'm getting so tired of the same broccoli every day like that's not a sustainable pattern either. And so, it doesn't
0: pass my lips if I don't love it.
1: Yes, and that's why, like, I'm I'm doing something oh. right now where we're like, my, our listeners will know the alt shift uh, that, mm-hmm. that I've been doing. And so, uh, like on my three shift, I eat rice and I'll do like uh, like frozen fruit and stuff. And to me, that is like getting a big bowl of ice cream. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and but then when it's time to go back and, and I'm, I'm cycling back on high fat, I love that stuff too. Like I don't eat you know my mm-hmm. cheese and my 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 ribeyes and my steaks and ribs and stuff like that so yeah that's like I'm the same way like if I don't really enjoy something I don't eat it yeah like the same thing with movement if I don't like I I work out and I do things that I really love to do like my gym is my happy place like that's where Mm -hmm. I go to like have fun uh I don't like think oh I gotta work out so I can eat a donut tomorrow you know like that's not the way to do it
0: Elizabeth, your the should be your punishment on, on and your movement, movement shouldn't either.
1: Yes, right.
0: What, what are some of your thoughts, thoughts on, on movement? My thoughts on movement. Yeah, there you go. Right. It it's um obviously we need to move more. We spend way too much time sitting on our butt, clearly, yeah. right? No brainer. The the thing is, though, it's not the primary driver of fat loss. Like so many people will go and hit the gym and then they'll overcompensate with what they eat. And and I see this a lot, especially with women. Like, oh, well, I was so good because I got in the workout. So then I've justified the cupcake. I've justified the dessert, whatever. And this is also why a lot of women fear lifting weights. You're not getting bigger because of the movement you're doing. Movement, in and of itself, breaks down muscle tissue. Exercise is catabolic. Ah, I was going to say that because you're overeating. I was going
1: to say catabolic. I feel Rick. She had a scholarship for like Greek, Latin. Like we really need to up our intellectual game here. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to say catabolic. I was going to interrupt you, like catabolic. Catabolic. I know that word.
2: She says says big words, (laughs) and my brain says
1: okay. (laughs) Anyway, okay, sorry.
0: So, and I think in general, going back to what we're talking about in terms of doing things you love, moving is awesome, but don't force yourself. Food or exercise should not be punishment, right? And so if you're not at the place where you're ready to move more, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. There are so many other big rocks you can focus on in terms of sleep or stress or food. Nail those first and don't take on more because I feel like When we try to go on a diet, so many of us will take this approach of trying to do everything all at once. And that's the equivalent of being like, yeah, I know I have a job and a family and everything, but I'm going to try and learn seven different languages at once. And with the 20% of my time that I have to devote to this, each language is just going to get a tiny fraction. I'm going to learn really slowly. I'm going to get really frustrated. And I'm very likely to quit because you're fragmenting your attention and your focus and your willpower and your effort. Amongst all these things. But that's what we do when we diet. I'm going to eat more fiber. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to eat less sugar. I'm going to work out four times a week. Like dial it down and pick one thing. Yeah, see, and for I, most people starting out, that's not going to be fitness.
1: Right. I used to be sort of anti-baby step. I used like, you know always rip the bandaid off. Just do all this stuff. And I over the last few years, I've really gotten where, especially with a lot of research I've done on habits and behaviors, mm-hmm. That doing baby steps and all that—it's just like uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character in What About Bob that wrote the book Baby <laughs> Steps. You know, like that. Those just what a weird reference. That was like that's a great movie. <laughs> give me, <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Yeah, need, 1997 I need. said, "Hey, uh, I'm five on the reference. <laughs> I sail, I sail. Oh, that's a great movie. um <laughs> But you know, those things will compound each other. It's like a snowball effect. Uh, and so now I am. That's what I tell people. Like just." Pick one thing and do that, and then that thing will turn into doing that and something else. And then that's right. Move something else. on
0: when it feels pretty effortless, right. when it feels like a well enforced habit. But yeah. you're never going to establish a habit if you're juggling 16 different things on top of the rest of your life.
2: Right. Yes. Now, Elizabeth, do you spend time trying to re educate someone on some of this stuff? So, all right. Now, step one is you have to unlearn everything that you've been told for 30 years or whatever or do you just say hey you know what when someone's in the right kind of headspace to, to be open minded about this i'll let them come to me but do you worry about the beating your head against the uh, against the wall of trying to tell someone no no what you're doing is wrong and here's why it's not working
0: If people ask me for help, I'm certainly going to point them in the right direction. I put a ton of information. I have three podcast episodes a week. So there is a ridiculous amount of information about what I feel is real and true for fat loss for the human body, not like these machines that people want to sell diet plans to. Um, But you know, if somebody is adamant that their way is the right way, that's cool. Do what works for you. Like, I'm not here to understand your body, and if it's working for you, do what's working for you. Yes. And a lot of people aren't ready to change; they just want to be stubborn, and that's cool. But like, I have other things to do with my time.
1: Yes, that is my that oh that is like my attitude on that stuff, a- absolutely to a T. Like, yes. and then and then people will ask me like, I have friends, uh, Rick uh, Braid. She's been on the show, Rick. You know, yes, Braid. She'll she'll email you know text me and be like, can I put you know not anymore? She used to. We'll would be like, can I put uh, uh, honey in my coffee? And Elizabeth, she's she weighs. What does Braid weigh? Like eight. Oh pounds? my gosh! Yeah, like four pounds. Yeah, and total. and I'm like Braid, don't like don't stress about putting honey in your coffee. If if you yeah. if you always small rock. Yeah, it's like if you always put honey in your coffee and like it's working for
0: you. Put honey in your coffee. Don't right you know. exactly. That's what I say. Like, is it working? Do you yeah. love it? My four questions because everything Ooh. is relative. So when I was at my heaviest, I was having Chick Fil A for breakfast every single morning. So. And I was ordering more than one thing. So I was getting chicken minis and a chicken biscuit and hash browns and a, the biggest size Diet Coke, right? Yes. Now, would I now have a bagel for breakfast? No, not in a million years. Would that have represented an improvement to me starting out? Sure. Going from like four Chick-fil-A entrees in a Diet to Coke a to a bagel.
1: Pickle? Yes. Yes. It would
0: have. So my thing is, if somebody says toast with Nutella, can I have that? I say, you need to ask yourself four questions. Number one, does this represent an improvement for me? Does it represent, based on whatever I was doing before, is this an improvement? Mm. Number two, how does it make me feel? Does it give me energy? Does it make me crash? Does it give me more cravings? Does it satisfy my hunger? Does it not touch my hunger at all? How does it make me feel?
1: I thought you were going to say, does it make me crap? (laughs) <laughs> well, that that's, too, that's right? the other question to, to answer. <laughs>
0: that's that's an important thing yes. to consider right um and then the third question is do i love it right some people are like oh my god i can't imagine giving up my my sweetener in my coffee that is an important factor yeah. that means there's some other something you can improve don't tackle something yeah. that's like the one thing you've got to have right, right right and then the fourth <laughs> thing is am i getting results If I had gone from my Chick-fil-A breakfast to a bagel and somebody was like, oh, my God, that's awful, right? You need to be having bacon and eggs or whatever. (laughs) Listen, if I was getting results and it was working for me at that time, then that's fine to do. And at some point, my body will adapt and adjust, and then I can work on an improvement. But those are the four questions I think are so important. Everybody wants to be all black and white. Screw black and white. Everything's gray.
1: I'm writing that in the show notes. Screw Black and white. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I have a family member that I referenced earlier and, and uh she uh, messaged me this morning and was like so that uh and she's she's an older woman, it's my wife's like aunt and she's probably seventy and mm-hmm. she's very thin and she's mm-hmm. lived a long time, she gets around and she's have she's you know, she's in great physical health, she's all there mentally, everything's great. And she's asking like, Okay, can I have this the Diet Coke that I have one a day and the Stevie I put in my coffee? Is that and I'm like, No, that's just do it if that's you know right. that's working for you. It's fine. Like don't yeah don't. I, I right. love these four questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, because I'm,
0: everything is relative.
1: Right, right, and, and that's what I say. With that, the same thing goes for sleep. Same yep. thing goes for a number of calories. You know Absolutely. that you're supposed to eat. How like what your the programming is. All of that yep. is all relative. And I think that's the 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 starting point. And in the email that we went back and forth on, I think that's like the starting point is getting people to care about. Mm-hmm. the changes that they're making and, yep. and, and
0: paying more attention to their own bodies than yours right. or mine or any Joe blow. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So we've got, I'm looking here. We've got about five minutes left. What I, is a day in a life of Elizabeth Benton look like?
0: I am a pretty like regimented individual. Um, it just is what works for me at this phase of my life. If yeah. it doesn't work next week, I'll change it. Um, but I get up around four 30 in the morning and I drink an obscene amount of coffee um, <laughs> and it works for me. Um, I Hold on, do, my, you, do
1: you drink it out of like an obscene mug, like a butt mug or something. Yes,
0: <laughs> mark a butt mug. <laughs> no, I, that's saw that's it. A, yeah. I don't yet have a butt mug, but you know, like you can give my address if you find one, you can send it. Yeah, oh, no, I do, however, I do drink my coffee with a glass straw.
1: Okay, for your teeth,
0: well, sorry, yeah, yeah, even for yeah my teeth. I've I'm heard, that, heard about
1: I've that. Heard. Yeah, my wife, um.
0: That. Yeah. So I I drink a lot of coffee. My biggest work block, I'm most productive in the morning. So from like 4.45 a.m. until about 8 a.m. is a solid work block for me. It's when I do most of my writing. Um, and then I work out from 8.30 to, I'm at the gym for like an hour, but I definitely don't work for an hour. It just kind of depends on what I'm doing. Um, and then I kind of take a little bit of a break after that. And then I work again until maybe six or seven o'clock at night and have dinner. There's brunch in there at some point in time. I usually have two big meals during the day. I don't snack yeah. very much. Um, and then I try to be like knocked out of sleep by 9, 30, 10 o'clock.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good day. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah and I I like the you know that whole one of the myths is you know eating every 2 hours having Oh my god six, no I'm thinking
0: about food too much for me I know yeah and I'm former that's, fat girl like I can't do
2: that
0: <laughs> And like well, I'm I, like you're too busy to eat like on, yeah.
2: I've gone through like you Elizabeth I've gone through like 10,000 different things to try and I've done the eating every 2 hours and holy crap yeah, the whole exhausting. day revolves around food and like right. because none of it's satisfying because none of it's like say, uh, you know you know, high fat, you know, that that'll keep you full for a long time. It's all quickly processed grains. As soon as you're done eating your last bite, you're thinking about yeah. okay when's time. my next. next bite? Yeah. yeah or, I'm just too busy. Like we're all too busy to be doing any of Well
1: that. and like when I was uh when I was playing football, Rick mentioned that earlier, we our our motto every like meal was eat till you gag. And it was it was we were trying to gain weight, and Mm -hmm. I remember like that got so exhausting. So it doesn't matter if you're eating a ton or not. You know, I can't imagine doing that and just only being able to eat like half of a rice cake. Yeah, you know, like for me,
0: a big part of my issue when I was at my heaviest and always dieting was that I was always thinking about food, and I was never really satisfied, and I never felt like. Oh, I've eaten enough. You know, I I just always sort of felt like I need more. And it was miserable. So it just works for me better now to not have food be the center point of my day. I love food and I love what I eat. And when it's mealtime, oh, it's mealtime. And I'm going to enjoy every freaking bite. But then I don't want to be like, it's been 37 minutes. When's my snack?
1: No. Mm -mm. Well, I mean, we're designed. We have food reward systems. We are supposed to love food. Mm-hmm. You know that is supposed to be a a good part of our day, and if like if you're eating things that you're like you know bland rice cakes and and only, only getting a half of a cucumber, like that's not how it was. That's not the design. But
0: that's right. That's well, why we keep
2: searching. Yeah. Well,
1: Elizabeth, um, I'm about to ask. We're, you, hey,
2: real quick, uh, I, a question we should have asked probably like that would have fit better in like 15 minutes ago. Uh, you when you became, you know, you adopted this kind of new outlook or what have you. How, and you said you lost, what did you, how much did, weight did you Almost lose?
0: 150.
2: How long did it take you to lose that? About 18 months. Okay. Yeah. So a so long time. That's a, time. That, that's a yeah. really important thing that I want people to understand yeah. is that this is not a, 30 a days. I lose 150 pounds in like six months. This is Tell not a no. biggest loser. This is not like a, yeah. this is a process. So if you are listening to this and you have weight to lose, to Hard do work it every day. Yeah. To, to, to bank on more than just a, a few pounds a month, is kind of not a super healthy thing to do. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I just want out from hearing how, what you have to say about things, that's what I, I, I wanted to make sure that we got that yeah. out. So this is Absolutely. not like a, yeah, in January I got this new outlook, and in March I'm running around with my bikini and my mom on. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, like
1: Rick, that, so. talk slower. You're in a bikini? I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in a Speedo. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Um, all right, well, okay, a couple of things. Yep. Uh the first thing is we have had this is our 111th show and there we have a, a number of folks that are that have been repeat guests mm-hmm. and I would like to Include you in that group. I mean, we we need to have you back on. Like, it would be my
2: pleasure. Oh, absolutely. I I feel like this is we're cutting this short, and we're really actually it's going kind of long. So yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, so that's one thing. We're going to have you back on. Uh, The second thing is, and Rick, we haven't gotten to do this in a while because we've had a lot of repeat guests on. So when someone comes on the show the first time, we ask them this question. We ambush them with this question, and it is, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we talked about. It is what is one thing you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable.
0: I love to read. I am yes. A <laughs> reader. Uh, Rick's going to hate reading.
1: That. We've kind of got a running joke on the show that Rick Rick's quote is "Reading is or books are for prisoners uh, that <laughs> I'm only going to read if I'm in prison." That's what he <laughs>
2: says. <But laughs> Me and Mark have been tossing around the idea of possibly thinking about maybe t- uh, starting to talk about writing a book, and I'm like, all right, if I get a chapter, it's going to be entitled. So you're in prison now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, that, okay. So real quick, uh, and I'm a big reader too. What uh, What are you reading? What are like uh, – what are you wanting – what's on your queue and what are you like reading right now?
0: I I am actually listening to yes. for maybe like a third or fourth time um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is just like a classic that everybody yeah. should be intimately familiar with. Yes. Um, and I regularly reread Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Obviously, Latin. big in me. But there's so nothing better for like life and just being just a a person yeah. who doesn't let obstacles get in their way. Because dude, obstacles get in our way every second. Like every right. ten seconds, it's like, oh, really? And and we Murder just have alert. to be able to overcome that. <laughs> hey, do you uh,
1: are you big in fiction? Do you like fiction?
0: I I am. I wouldn't say I'm big into fiction, although I appreciate. Fiction.
1: Well, I just read the Explorers Guild, that uh, Kevin Costner, uh, the book that he sort of was a, a co-author on, and it I'm is. I'm writing that down. It was fantastic. As far from a fiction, I mean, it's half novel, half graphic novel, and it's and I've never read a graphic novel before, but it was uh, amazing. So I got a graphic uh, novel for you. I've talked about that before on the show, <laughs> but that's like the the most recent non, the fiction I've read, and I've got several non-fiction that I'm trying to work through, in all the different forms Kindle. Hard, hard copy. Why don't you save this for
2: book talk? Your other podcast, Mark. (laughs)
1: Sorry, sorry. She said she said something. Looks like we're kindred spirits. I'm sitting in my office with my leather bound volume
2: (laughs) surrounding
1: me. Surrounded by scotch and uh, (laughs) pipes. A pipe. Awesome. All right. Well, Elizabeth, this has been awesome. We're going to have you back on. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure.
0: It's been my joy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. You can go to her website, find that all on the, uh, obviously, we just talked about it, and then go to the show notes. It will all be there. Yes. All right. Several weeks, uh, maybe months ago, Grace emailed us with a pretty funny story, and we, uh, we set up a time to record, and this is Grace from Ohio with the robot attack story. Grace, everyone, is a listener. Um, and we, uh, as we do with everyone, we've ambushed her and we are recording.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) so, and like we do for most of these, I did not refresh my, my, I didn't look at the email that you sent us initially. So I'm, they're all jumbled up in my head. I can't remember what story you're going to tell. So tell us this funny story. All
3: right. Well, this is, okay. This story occurred, like two years ago, when I was extremely fresh out of nursing school. Oh. Um, so, newer we nurse, like six months out. And the hospital that I work at, I don't think I'm gonna say the name of the hospital. Um, but, T. Boone
1: Pickens Memorial Hospital? Is it something like that? Some big, powerful <laughs> person?
3: No. Um, it's a huge hospital. Okay. It's like internationally ranked and all that it's a big place it's donald
2: trump's hospital it sounds (laughs) like it's donald
3: trump's hospital it's the reason i say that is it's the type of hospital where the type of thing that happened shouldn't happen
2: (laughs) i feel like this is gonna be good uh
3: but it did because of mainly because of me honestly (sighs) Nice. So, so this is what happened i have this lovely little old man patient who needs to go down for hyperbaric therapy?
1: Ooh. Does he have <laughs> um, like an open wound or something? What's the? Uh...
3: Well, the floor that I worked on for the first two years of my nursing career was a post-op surgical oncology ward. So mm. this man had very extensive throat surgery, and they basically reconstructed his throat. Um, and it wasn't really healing spectacularly, so he would get hyperbaric oh, I see. therapy. Right. Okay. Five days a week.
2: Okay, I'm with you. Anyone else did that? The guy in Revenant.
3: Michael Jackson.
2: Um, <laughs> he slept in a hyperbaric chamber, you know that? Oh, so did Tito. Really? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I oh. think I read that somewhere.
1: Well, he's dead now, so yeah, break. it didn't
2: work. It didn't take. <laughs> so anyways. So this um, man uh, has his throat just destroyed
3: and decimated and he's he hyperbaric. and day. another important aspect of this story is that this man cannot speak. He has a stoma now, which is a permanent hole in his throat that he will breathe out of.
2: Ugh. <sighs> man save your (laughs) save your
1: electronic voice jokes for later rick
2: hey hang on a second can we pause i have to go out and get some cigarettes real quick (laughs)
3: um so this man communicates with me using a little notepad so that's how we would talk to each other all day and this happened on a monday I'd have this man all weekend because we worked 12-hour shifts. So I had him Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday I have this man again as my patient, but this is the first day that he's going to hyperbaric therapy while I have him because he was, because hyperbaric was closed over the weekend. Whatever. So.
2: <laughs> Some hospital.
3: I know, right? <laughs> so we're going to hyperbaric, and before hyperbaric, he gets a lot of IV pain medication and a Big whack and dose of Ativan to relax him because yeah. he's in this tiny chamber for like four hours. Mm. So, Dr. Cosby, I, I Dr. Cosby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Continue. Okay, I apologize sorry. for Mark. Uh,
3: uh-huh. So I go to flush this man's IV, and it's not working anymore. It's been infiltrated. It's not working. I can't get his pain meds or his anti-anxiety meds into his body, and I'm like, oh, oh. crap. Because I'm not very good at IVs at this point, like at all.
1: Fresh out of nursing school, right?
3: Oh, very fresh. So (laughs) I run and I grab my charge nurse and I'm like, Kelly, you have to put an IV in him. And I'm panicking because I have to get all this stuff together. He's on a portable heart monitor. I actually have to go with him to to drop him off at this hyperbaric chamber because his heart needs to be monitored the entire time. So I'm like spazzing out, getting all this stuff together. So my charge nurse comes in and she puts in she's putting a new IV in, everything's okay. Meanwhile, the transporter, the hospital transporter, shows up outside the door because this place is so massive that they don't trust the nurses to take right. the patients from one place to another. Because there's just like There's so many buildings. There's so many hallways. They have this team of people, and all that they do is take patients from one place to another. It's like
1: it's like Jason Statham in the movie. He shows up in a in a sports car. Yes, they (laughs) need
2: the transporter.
1: Yes,
3: (laughs) Yes. it actually was Jason Statham who showed up.
1: Nice. Mm. Talk (laughs) slower.
3: So no. So this hospital transporter shows up. And he's like, oh, what? The patient's not ready to go? And I was like, no, he's not. He's getting a new IV in. Like, hold your horses. And so the guy leaves. Like, he takes the transportation cart, and he leaves. Oh, and yeah. I just Like, he's him.
2: got so many other people to transport, he can't wait, like, five minutes?
3: No, they don't. They don't wait. This guy just up and left, and I was really mad. And so I went into my patient's room, and I sat down on his bed, and I told him, hey, I'm going to be driving you to
1: Hey, a you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I got I'm sorry. News. We're not
3: going to make it, yeah. <laughs> so. Pow. <laughs> okay,
1: sorry. So I you said I
3: sat down and I got real with him and I told him, "Hey, I'm going to be driving you in your bed. I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get there. I'm not good at driving these beds." And this sounds like a plan. I know, right? This sweet little old man who I'd been working with all weekend wrote me this note and he goes, honey, I trust you more than any of those idiots that you should drive oh, me around. How so
2: sweet. It's the Let's last
3: go. mistake he ever made. <laughs> I know. And so he gives me a high five and I'm like, okay, we can do this. And I slowly, like I start to push him out into the hallway and down the hall and this wonderful little old man. So I'm pushing this huge hospital bed down a hall What he's doing is he's lifting his arms up, because so all I can see is his hands, like over the top of the bed, and he's pointing me in the right direction.
1: (laughs) He's flipping you the double birds as you. I was about uh... to say,
2: at least he'll be able to communicate with you non verbally
3: here. (laughs) Yes, yes, he was. So, like, we we reached our first turn, and he pointed, like, turn left, and I was like, oh, all right, we got this, we're good. I almost hit someone at one point, and he, like, held both hands up, like, whoa, stop. It was very helpful, so I have a, a loose idea of how to get there. So I take him like across a bridge connecting two hospitals, into the old wing of the hospital, down a elevator. We had to go to another elevator, so we're we go on this journey, and it's it's ridiculous, like the length of the journey. Yeah. So I end up in the right building. I know that I'm in the proper building, and we get in an elevator, and I take him down to the ground floor because that's where I was told to go. And the elevator doors open up, and I push this man out into the room that we've arrived in.
1: Into the open elevator cavity with no elevator, <laughs> and he just falls or it, down that, the floor. Or
2: it's the morgue.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it was close to the morgue. The the room that I took him into was basically like the underbelly of the hospital. Like where the laundry gets done, where all the broken equipment is. Like it's like it's environmental services. The is down oh my it's God. the place in the hospital that you don't want to take patients. Like you don't want them to know that this place exists. Like it's huge <laughs> and it's scary and it's awful. It
1: smells like diarrhea.
3: It smells like diarrhea. It it looks like the warehouse yes. that Freddy Krueger like kills people in. Oh, that's gosh. what it's... Like that's blood splattered
1: are. on the wall. Yeah.
3: And I'm around to the side of the bed and I said, hey, does this look familiar to you? Like, have you ever seen this before? And he nods at me. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you're you're thinking, yeah, yeah,
1: so you're like, okay, I'm in the right place. Yeah.
3: So I was like, okay, I guess I should continue my journey and take this man to his procedure, whatever. And I the other thing about this room that I need to tell you guys about is in this hospital, there are robots that zoom around and deliver a bunch of the supplies. Wait, are
1: we talking about the year, like, 2015? Are you, are you from the future?
3: I'm from the future, actually. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> no.
3: No, this is actually in big hospitals. They have these supply robots, and they're on these, like, paths, and they just zoom around, and they take, oh like, God. laundry up to the floors, or they take, like, old broken beds, and they just zoom around all over the place.
1: I'm imagining like a whole bunch of little like, uh, R2-D2s from Star Wars <laughs> no. zipping around.
3: It's exactly like that. Yeah, okay. Um, and I'd heard of these robots. I'd never actually seen them before. And I was like, oh, my God, these things actually exist. Cool. And so we begin our journey across this huge room, this like cavernous, awful, smelly room. And there aren't any people around. That's the other thing. It's just us. So we begin our journey across this room. And we're walking and we're walking. And there are robots all over. But they all have motion detectors. So when they get too close to us, they go, like, object and path. And they start going the other way. So I'm like, okay, well, cool, we're fine. We're totally good. This is going to be fine. I am panicking a little bit because I don't know where I'm going. So I'm just looking around for a person. And finally I spot a maintenance worker. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. And I run over to the maintenance worker hey, I have this patient here. We're trying to get to hyperbaric. I was told it's by the emergency department. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 you're good, you're good. Keep going and you're going to make a right up here and blah, blah, blah. And he gives me directions. And as I'm standing there getting directions from this very nice maintenance man, my patient's bed is sitting, like I locked it, and it's sitting like 20 feet away from me. And I'm watching across this warehouse as this robot, like one of the supply robots is like, starting to head towards my patient's bed <laughs> and I'm just standing there watching like oh okay all right there it comes okay okay it's gonna stop oh my god it's gonna stop no so this robot yeah they're supposed to stop and the robot is like <laughs> like zooming along zooming along zooming along zoom along and I'm like oh my god because it wasn't stopping and it like keeps going keeps going bam hits my patient's bed. Oh, no. I slammed him to the side of my patient's bed, and I'm at this point, like, peeing my pants, like, oh, my God, he's dead now. Yeah. And I run <laughs> over to the side of my bed, and this sweet, wonderful little old man is sitting in the bed, and he just looks stunned, and his heart monitor is like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> like, better,
1: better than if it was just going, mm.
3: That's true, that's true. At least he had a rhythm to to be beeping at me about. And I run up to him and I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm freaking out. And he looks at me and he's just kind of like looking around like he's dazed. And he holds out his hand like he wants his pen and his paper. And I was like, okay, all right," And I give him his little pen and his little paper. And the first thing he writes down to me is did you get his license number?
1: But I'm the He's still got a sense of humor. Yes.
3: Oh, man. You're okay, little dude. Man. We're all right.
1: I thought you were going to say, you turned around and looked at his bed, and there were like robots completely surrounding his bed, sta- <laughs> stabbing him with kitchen knives. Or the
2: flamethrower.
3: Robot fuel. This man contains robot fuel. <laughs> robot. <laughs> and we just get murdered in that story. Yeah,
1: that would be crazy. But so you made it to Hyperbaric,
3: I'm assuming. So we made it to Hyperbaric. Yeah. So I like, I'm at this point because he's okay. Oh, the other thing he wrote to me is he wrote me this note and he like winked at me after. So I was like, oh, we're okay. <laughs> he wrote me a note and he goes, when I get back to my room... I'm calling my attorney. Oh. I own this place. Oh,
1: great. <laughs> and you're like, all right, sir. And you just like shove him into the incinerator
3: and <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave him in the basement. Who would find him, honestly?
2: Sir, the it. robot. The robot would find him down there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, so basically I we make it to hyperbaric, he's laughing, I'm laughing, and then I have to carry this like forty-five pound heart monitor back to the floor. I don't know oh. how to get there.
1: Where's a stupid robot when you need one? <laughs> <laughs> carry the thing for you. <laughs>
3: awesome. oh, yeah.
1: Well, so there it is. Rick, what should what should the title of that one be? The robot attack? A robot attack. How I think that's that. a good one. Robot yeah. attack. It's awesome. a
3: robot attack. And interestingly, one of my patients, um, like six months ago, very recently, was telling me that he designed that system. What? Like, I just randomly had the guy and I was like, oh, do you know what happened? Like, and I told you. him that story and he was like, oh my God.
1: You're like, let me tell you why your robots suck. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Let me tell you about the time I almost killed someone. you're yeah, because... your robot. <laughs>
1: Awesome, well, Grace. That was greatness. Hang out for just a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but we really appreciate you being on the Simply Human podcast the the award nominated. Is that how you say that? Oh, stop it! The Paleo I Magazine nominated. That. Anyway, all right. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you, Grace, and uh, that was great. I hope you know, like I said, uh, she has. Been able to avoid robots. I, I think of uh, like the Terminator when I think of robots and attacking. Is that the first thing you think
2: of? I've been thinking about like R two units all morning because of the Star Wars stuff. Now I can hear my mm. kids watching Empire Strikes Back, so I can just think of like an R two D two smashing into this guy's yeah. bed.
1: They're in there watching uh, uh, Star Wars and working on their mathlete um, skills.
2: Yep, just all nerd stuff. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. All right. It is now time for the Assembly of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And I don't know what it's going to be, Rick.
2: Okay. Well, I don't typically talk uh, in specifics about work stuff on the podcast. Obviously, we have, you know, Rick's Cop Corner every now and then. And I'll answer questions. But there are several reasons why, mostly because my job is actually pretty boring. And,
1: uh, yeah, right.
2: you know, I don't think my job would actually appreciate me talking things in specifics. And also, I think the people I deal with wouldn't appreciate me talking about them. Uh, in the open air on the podcast, but I'm going to make a slight exception here on, uh, part of what me and my partner, Colt already referenced once in this podcast, part of what we're doing right now is trying to create a, uh, mental health specialty unit. Where basically that's, you know, the focus of what we're doing is, is helping our people that have, uh, you know, that have suffered from some kind of mental illness, uh, whatever. Could y'all help me? And (laughs) you need help, (laughs) idiot. Well, uh, that leads me to be in contact with quite a few people that are having uh, pretty difficult times. Uh, I kind of think a lot about this, and the main theme of my job is desperation. Like, what, what do you do for someone who is literally at the end of their rope and who's very desperate? On Christmas Eve, uh, and I'll just tell this, this part of the story very generally, but on Christmas Eve, I got to meet a, a gentleman. His name is Clayton. I'm not going to give his last name, but uh, Clayton was having a pretty difficult time. Uh, and yada, yada through most of this, uh, uh, Christmas, he decided that Christmas Eve, you know, uh, we built kind of a rapport and we talked for quite a while and he decided that Christmas Eve wasn't the night that he was going to kill himself. And I got to know him, you know, I guess as good as you can know somebody without, you know, extended conversations over weeks and months, we talked for quite a few hours and I got to take him to the hospital And, uh, or he was evaluated and hopefully, you know, hopefully he's alive right now. I don't know. I haven't, you know, seen or talked to him, but he told me some things on the way to the hospital, uh, that I have been reflecting on quite a bit. And one of the things that he told me, you know, as police officers, we always kind of are wondered, you know, what comes first chicken or egg type of thing. What makes people the way they are? Is it how they're, how they're raised or is it how they are wired or whatever? I think there's a little bit to both of it. But he told me a lot of things about his upbringing and his background and uh, just how his interactions were with his parents. And uh, it made me think a lot. And I told him, you know, we we talked and he asked if I have kids. I said, I got two boys and they're seven and four. And he told me to never miss a chance to tell them that, uh, <clears throat> that I am proud of them and that I love them. Yeah. Because he missed a lot of that, and it kind of caused a lot of havoc in his life growing up because he admits it now, being into his 30s, that, yeah, a lot of the stuff he did when he was younger was to try to get the attention of his, of his dad and of his parents.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, I've been thinking a lot about that and kind of ruminating on that. And my tip of the week for all of you is to—it doesn't have to be your children. It doesn't have to be your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or anybody. But don't miss an opportunity to tell somebody— what they mean to you if they're important to you. Um, You don't have to go around like hugging the lady who checks you out at the grocery store for her awesome job, but your close friends, your coworkers, your friends, your family, anybody that's important to you, let's try to seek out opportunities where we can tell them what exactly they mean to us because (laughs) um, you... Sometimes life is, is pretty fleeting yeah. and you're not sure if you're going to get another chance to say those things. Yeah. And we want to make sure that those things don't go unsaid.
1: Yeah. And not just like tagging someone on Facebook and saying, you know, like that, I guess there's a place for that, but a real meaningful interaction is eyeball to eyeball. Kind and of it weird. can be
2: embarrassing. I've yeah. been trying to do this and it can be kind of awkward sometimes, but... You know, little things like a guy at work uh did a really good job and a guy that I don't not particularly friends with, but he on some you know, incident he did a really good job. And I sought him out and I looked at him and I was like, hey, you did a really good job on that. That was a good police work. And he was kind of like take because we don't really do that all rabbit, that often. But yeah. it's even things like that. So let's you don't want those kind of words to be unsaid when uh when it comes down to it. People need to know where they stand with you. Yeah. And so if there's somebody that means something to you, take an opportunity every single day to tell them what they think of you, what, well, what you think of them. I should and say. if
1: you don't have people in your life like that, that you can share life with, like in those types of, of, uh, context and in those, uh, types of circumstances, like it doesn't matter if, if you eat or sleep or, or man, you know, like what, what, why, if you're out all alone in the woods and you don't have like people to share life with, like well, who cares how health, you know, like none of, none of it makes sense. So all I think
2: that- everyone can probably examine their, their existence and find at least a few people, some okay. kind of a network where they can they can reach out to people that way. So but
1: because of that point, that is probably the greatest tip of the week we've ever had in 111 episodes. How about that?
2: Well, I do what I can. <laughs> awesome.
1: Well, there you go. Tip of the week. Tell someone you love them or that you're proud of them or that you appreciate them or just... Yeah, just tell people stuff.
2: Don't miss a chance to tell somebody something like that. You, you don't want to have missed out when it, you know, if it gets to be too late. There it is. And,
1: and with you that, are. you need to, to get out the phone and go watch uh, Star Nerds with your sons. Yes, Star Wars. Star Wars, Star that's Wars. The title of it. Sorry, Star Wars. Sorry, I love Star Wars. Hey everyone, Wars.
2: call five three zero forty two human and tell Mark what an idiot he is for like <laughs> nerding out on Star <laughs> Star Wars is only for nerds. I love Star Wars. Yeah, it's, it's just the most f- popular movie that's ever yeah, been created. Right. that's ever. the
1: funny thing is like I love I love Star Wars. Like, but so I just
2: like to give you a hard time. Just no, well, there's your and remember yeah. oh, I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Standing Podcast. Coming up next time, we've got Molly Galbraith coming back on the show. Dave Wilton is coming back on the show. Or he acts his first time to be on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't
2: think we've had Dave. Yeah, he
1: team. works at Jim Laird's gym. <laughs> uh, and then we've got. Jim Kate. Laird's
2: dog is going to be back on. Yeah. In the, <laughs> in the background, nonstop, for Katie, 20 minutes. Katie
1: Bowen is going to be back on. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have Rob Wolf off. Rob Wolf on? Not off. We want him on. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to have Rob, Rob Wolf <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you have, you know, the Elizabeth one today Elizabeth we had her on today because a listener emailed me and said hey you need to check this website out so if you have somebody like that that maybe you know is in your world that you get information from that you know hasn't been on the show or you don't know if you've connected with them shoot us an email send me my at gmail.com let us know I'll reach out and a lot of times we can get them on um, in, uh, as opposed to getting them off. So, um, all right. So you heard the email address. Uh, Rick's email is simplyhumanrick li- Simply at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. We've gotten a lot of reviews. Thank you yeah, to everyone. Yeah,
2: a lot of A lot of, uh, lot of uh, narrative reviews we've gotten lately too. So thank you for all of you people
1: oh, who do that. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast.
2: And remember, I go in order of perceived filthiness. Okay. Because I don't want to, like, wash my nards first and get, like, my nard germs all over, like, my chest and stuff.
1: So until next time, enjoy
2: yourself.